But welcome to a welcome to a trenchy bowl of dude soup. That's you like you run your spoon through it and it just stays like that. Mm -hmm. um, soup is supposed to be liquid. This is not. Uh, this bowl is sponsored by Crunchyroll. Uh, they are a streaming service that can give you all of the hot hot anime you can handle, uh, which is quite a bit. You can try out Crunchyroll Premium for 30 days or one month for free by going to Crunchyroll.com/dudesoup. You'll hear more about. All of the wonderful changes your life can undergo if you only start living the anime lifestyle later. Mm -hmm. First, we got to live the Star Wars lifestyle <laughs> because we need a title. You guys got to talk about Rogue One for a little bit. We already—I mean, we've talked about Rogue. We don't yeah. need a title. We've talked about Rogue One for what an hour or two yeah. at least already. Well, it's—I gotta—I want to keep things you moving. Mean, in our you know, personal lives. Yeah, in our personal. I know <laughs> Benson came from the other he came side. Came from the other side. <laughs> How did he, he do that? He looped around. Come here. Boy, they just showed a Star Destroyer upside down. Yeah. yeah. But everything is upside down in space. There's no up. That's true. Figure that out. Uh, yeah, man. It's um, so it's weird. So not when I when I watched it, um, I was pretty dehydrated at that point. Already yeah. had a pretty bad headache. Mm -hmm. We saw it in three D, and my brain was throbbing by the mm. end of it. So I was you, you experienced what I went through with Avatar. Oh, it was yeah. the first really? movie I saw in theaters, three D, and I remember having a bad headache for about a day and a half. Oof, wow. Yeah, like, I, uh, that's when I realized, oh, 3D's stupid. It's I get it. Stupid. Avatar <laughs> was the one movie I saw in three D where I was like. I'm there. Me too. I'm yeah. there. That was the one movie, the, and still like remains the one movie. The only one that's come close is I did when they re-released Toy Story and Toy Story 2 double feature. Mm -hmm. They did that, and I was like, oh. But they did such a subtle oh, thing yeah. with it. Like, it was barely noticeable. Yeah. Well, this Do you like your films a little darker? Uh -huh. The single cool. Avatast. This is a star... What is the go-to name for Star Wars podcasts? The Starcast. This is Starcast number one. Yeah, Pod Wars. Uh, there's problem. No, you have to take some Pod sort of ob yeah obscure oh, Star yeah. Wars term. Revenge or of the like. cast. There's um, the Boba cast. Pod Racer cast. Fet cast. Pod Racer cast. C Castio. A new Hope cast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't necessarily in the best frame of mind to judge it as soon as I stepped out of the theater. Aside from the third act, like all the. Oh, um, I guess we can also try to be mildly spoil, spoiler-free. Oh, we're going to try and be spoiler-free? Mildly. It, I mean, I it, feel like you know how the movie ends, right? <laughs> well, there, we know how it ends. There's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the movie that yeah. I didn't know about until I saw the film. Well, well, fuck it then. We can put it to a quick vote. Do we want to do a spoiler version or a non-spoiler version? There's only one thing you can spoil. Really. Yeah, and I don't really... I don't know that we need we to talk about it. We can discuss it without that. So. Okay. We don't need to. Not really. Does it factor into anyone's... I mean, I, I could go... I could do... Uh, 30-minute lecture on it, but I, I wasn't planning on doing it for the podcast. I guess, well, here's, here's I guess, maybe this is a spoiler. Um, I was a little disappointed, maybe not disappointed, I don't know. It doesn't really play into, at least if we don't know yet, the future of the Star Wars franchise. Oh, sure. There's yeah. nothing in there where they were like, hi, nice to meet you, I'm Mr. Finn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope not. Get it? Yeah. But did um, they say specifically not that? Like, these are completely standalone, nothing? Yeah, they wanted, yes. they wanted yeah. them to be standalone. And, and I was, I'm actually okay with that. Me too. But, but then also, there's stuff where, like, I'm almost, I'm guessing, um, you know, everyone loves the droid. Was it KC3? K2SO. K2SO. Yeah. So. I don't know um, what the shortening is. That he, He's a character that, because he's a droid, he could potentially come back in future films because they're like, oh, yeah, we just found this robot and plugged oh, him see. in. And he came back, and we're like, oh, cool. And then he could show up in, like, episode eight or something. That would be kind of cool. Like I said, so we don't know yet. Um, but you don't no, think that's no, going to happen? Don't, we don't need it. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't need it. I, don't. I, the I, don't one I liked People most, cheer, cheer for C-3PO. <laughs> I liked most about the fact that they, that they were willing to make a movie that... It's not a standalone Star Wars film. That's completely inaccurate. But a movie that is just, like... We're, we don't have to worry about signing these actors yeah, like for 10-year deals. Yeah, I like that. You know, we don't have to worry about doing all stuff like this. 
We want to just tell these little stories from around the galaxy and these things that kind of existed on the periphery of all the things you know about Star Wars. You're still going to get all the the stuff you want. Like there's no there's no want for star destroyers or anything like that in this. Um, other major characters are obviously insanely at play within this storyline. But we don't need to worry about doing that yeah. stuff, which is good. That didn't stop the theater from clapping when C-3PO and R2-D2 oh, showed up, which doesn't make any sense because they were in the movie last year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like you've missed people. People have 40 years of exposure to those to those uh, those characters. I know. So of course they're excited they, about it. But them. when you see it in Force Awakens, it made sense for people to see R2-D2 and be like, oh, oh R2-D2. Yeah. Like, oh, he's back. Well, Even though, again, R2-D2, C-3PO, were in, have been in all of the Star Wars movies yeah. right. this whole time. But... I, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, we can we can punch around uh, quick summaries. Um, for me, what I wanted going into it was cool cool spaceships flying around in explosions, mm-hmm. and then maybe a little something to think about. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, like a Star Wars story or a side story or whatever, the fact that they're going to happen every year, not everyone has to be perfect, uh, and I wasn't expecting it. And yeah, there's some there's some issues, uh, namely the first thirty minutes. Boy, are you fucking confused because they're bouncing around a lot of different characters mm-hmm. and. You gotta learn them all pretty quickly, and I still don't feel like I have a good handle mm-hmm. on that. But I, uh, I, it's definitely one of those movies where I like the intention more than the execution with a lot of the characters themselves, because mm. uh, I get philosophically what was going on there. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, the intent was cool. I don't know that it was ex- executed all that well. And then you know the last thirty minutes are just fucking sweet because uh, I love Star Wars fights. Uh, all yeah. the sound effects, man, mm-hmm. it's just in my DNA. So uh, it's. For the price of a movie ticket, I was I was pretty pleased with my experience. I, I I certainly was too. I feel the same way as you, where it's like, okay, we're gonna get one of these every year. Mm-hmm. They don't all gonna be home runs. Like some some of them just need to get on base. Yeah. And and, and Rogue <laughs> and Rogue One gets on base. I'd say it's a it's a it's a double. Even so, like it's a it's a really good hit. It, it I agree with you. The first probably half of the movie is kind of like like you're like. I hope this pays off, and I'm not sure that it does. Um, the biggest, the biggest shortcoming of think of the movie are the the characters, which are kind of whatever. Like, like yeah, we I'm, walked out of the theater and we were like, I only know one of their names. Like, I only want to know one of their names, and the only one I cared about was a robot. I've like I've seen the movie twice, and I'm still having a hard time remembering anyone's name. Yeah, like that's it's very tough. Jan Orso? Jen, is that Jen? It's so Jen, right? Jen Orso. Jen, Jen. God damn it. Um, I'm I remembering think, some of the planets. I, I think, I think in terms of like some of the other characters, because I can tell you what they all look like. I yeah, know. Sure. Yeah, what, yeah, minus, yeah. So it's kind of like Suicide Squad in a way, where the, the movie has its like palette of characters. But then also on the adventure... There's this a whole other group of disposable soldiers that are there too. Like remember the the military guys that escort the Suicide Squad, and you're never introduced oh, to yeah. them, and you're never given their names, but they just kind of die off occasionally. Right. But and also <laughs> fill in the scenes. Yeah, like, like your they, red shirt. Or they whatever. do that kind of with Rogue One, but where there it's like here are the people we know in the front row, but then there's also two rows of other soldiers who they never even introduce you to. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. I'm totally fine. And as ter- in terms of an eclectic mix, it was cool. There's blind guy, there's big gun, there's pilot, there's other pilot, the scare pilot. there's, there's robot, pilot. and then there's Jen Orso, right? Which one's not solo? All your favorites. <laughs> um, uh, the scaredy pilot. Or non-solo, yeah. Um, non-solo. They tried really hard to make him Han Solo, except he goes, 
Jin, we have to go here. Yeah, he shot first what? twice. Huh? This Hold is, on. and I think I was. Oh, yeah, thinking also, about Forrest it. in the movie. I was thinking about it. I was like, why did they make so many people look so similar in this movie? It was like, weird casting. They, it was, was weird casting, but I think it's a symptom yeah. of it's a bigger picture. We're thinking too small. Maybe it's a bigger picture. It's not. We're beyond the phase mm-hmm. of. Here is the token black guy. Here is the token white guy. Here is the white woman. And here is the Asian man, right? Right. That's never going to be the squad ever again. Globalization across cultures and races has changed. Everyone is just kind of hint of brown with some facial hair. Which I like. (laughs) Which which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. It's it's progressive in a lot of ways. Um, That's probably how most of us are all going to look in a couple hundred years. the, The cynical way I looked at it was... How brave of us to make a woman the lead. But she's escorted by men. Yeah. Like, well, don't worry. And there are like two other women in the entire movie. <laughs> which, it, it didn't like, occur it, to me until well, the, the other, last fight. The other woman is the head of the rebel alliance. No, I know. I, I'm not... Like, I, don't, I, I'm not I, making, I don't care. I'm not making a point about representation. It was me. Like, look... If I was sitting at my desk at Kotaku or something, and I needed to, <laughs> yeah. I needed you know, some. Troy Lucas, but you still didn't. If pass I needed some fuel, I'm like, and I was looking for something to get angry at. I'd yeah. go, oh great, a woman. Oh, but she, she of course, she needs rest for men. Yeah. And oh, only one black guy, and you kill him. Yeah. Like, it's like those, and, th- those arguments are immediately invalidated by Mon Mothma. I mean, immediately. Well, the whole thing's invalidated because it's a fantasy world. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, well, yeah. no, I know, but you're right, though. People will make those arguments. I, I, I still think it's an awesome, it's a valiant effort yeah. to try. Whether or not she, like, she was there with other women or not, it's still cool that we can have two Star Wars movies in a row yes. yeah. that are led by female female uh, heroes, heroines, or whatever, mm-hmm. and no one, like... Wasn't really in terms of money, no one cares. No, yeah. no, it no. still makes a boatload of money. Well, I was like, what the dump Star Wars hashtag or whatever. Oh right. yeah, dumps, but that that didn't literally. No, nothing. but I'm saying yeah, like yeah. there was it a didn't conservative stop backlash. It. It, no point did it stop it from making money. Right, right. Men are yeah. still going to go see movies that have female female leads, oh, yeah, and women are, may be more inclined to go movies that have female leads. Yeah. It's like now it's awesome and it's inclusive. I'm trying to think too. Like when you, I think we we're always going to be looking at Star Wars through rose tinted goggles because. After Return of the Jedi, it was what an Ewok special, mm-hmm. and then yeah, there was nothing. and then three pretty shit the prequels. I know people are like, "Well, I like Revenge of the Sith." Okay, cool. You like maybe one of them. Like yeah. out of six hours of entertainment, you got an hour's worth of okay stuff that maybe you like. That sucks. I think the prequels are still better than the Hobbit films. Ooh, that's fine. I, I think that's a good right, I think I think they're way better. Yeah. Honestly, I gotta, go, uh, back. I gotta I would, go back and watch the Hobbit. I'd much sure. rather sit down and watch the prequels. So I, uh, I want I want each of you to weigh in on this. That's okay. one thing. Yeah. Uh, from from your particular viewpoint of being a Star Wars dork, what about Rogue One piqued your interest? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, for <laughs> I me, didn't even get a chance to say my opinion. But oh, sorry, sorry. No, Bruce. no, it's fine. I want to hear. Blame all these guys. I've got I've got thirty minutes lined up, so I, I can I can talk forever about this movie if you really want me. To. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. Okay. But you go ahead, Lawrence. We'll you go. we'll, we'll see you the floor. Play his we, game, and then yeah, back to you. We'll make a round, and then Bruce, you can you can have the floor. You can have the conch shell. Um, for me, I was particularly intrigued by the representation of the Force in this film. Uh, there are a lot of moments where... Or lack thereof. Well, sort of. There were a lot of moments, a lot of moments of, uh, of serendipity that you could argue was just luck, but A New Hope kind of... A New Hope kind of made it pretty clear that, at least its representation in A New Hope, that mastery of the Force is also sort of knowing, knowing the flow of luck and randomness in the galaxy. Because uh, there were a lot of moments where Obi-Wan, he didn't shoot lightning out of his hands, but he just like 
with just little, really subtle little twists that tend to end up in his favor. And the way I saw that in Rogue One is that there were a lot of characters who had the fortune to not die until their critical point was passed. So like they got their job done and then immediately out. And there was some there was some dialogue that kind of hinted towards that, uh, namely Jin when they're in the the spaceship and they're about to land on unnamed planet. Uh, it had a name. I'm just saying for the I don't remember what it was, but she was basically saying like we'll we'll try our best and we'll take every chance we have and when our chances are gone then it's up. And that sort of described the arc of every single character in that movie. They did what they needed to do. They passed on the baton to keep hope alive. And then it was like the force had helped them to get to that point. Oh. And once they did their job, it was then, then like reality crashed in on them and they immediately uh, exited the film in one way or another. So I'm kind of tossing in my head how that changes how the force is represented in the movies because A New Hope, it's super, super subtle. Uh, but then in Empire and Jedi, like in Empire, they're mo physically moving things in the world as opposed to just making noises or changing people's minds. Um, and then in Jedi, and especially the prequels, it's, it's, they're space wizards. You know, they're jumping mm. around and doing backflips and stuff. So, <laughs> so that's kind of where, what I'm thinking about. That's kind of interesting. Um, uh, what was the question again? What was our takeaway? Uh, what, what, one, one thing. Yeah, just kick yeah. the horse. What's the, what's the one Star Wars thing <laughs> that, that kind of piqued your interest or oh, made you, this, you curious about Rogue One? For me, it was it not necessarily made it curious, but I think one of the, one of the things that it utterly excelled at was production design. Hmm. Um, this movie takes place before A New Hope, and they made a clearly made a conscious decision to mimic that production design. Yeah. So, like, hmm. like despite having technology and and whatever, you you can three D print anything you want to. They still make the control panels look like cardboard boxes, spray painted black with buttons hot glued onto them, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's so genuine. It's it's way better than a than a C three PO. Oh, like cameo in terms of getting me back into the oh I'm excited I'm a fan again that kind of thing that's just ever present and it's never highlighted it's just always there is so much better than like a call out to a Star Wars character if the Millennium Falcon flew by and the whole theater was <laughs> that doesn't count for me nearly as much as this counted and, and it was such a the way they made things, they have the weird. It's weird. They have tons of great special effects in this movie and tons of shitty special effects. But um, the way they made battles confused me as to whether or not they were actual models or if they were CG creations. Because they were both. Yeah, because CG, there were actual models. Yeah, yeah. really. I, CG yes. creations that were, were designed so, to have physics-like models. The, and, some some of the Star Destroyer shots were practical model yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. They they took those directly from a New Hope and used them. That makes like, sense. On purpose. They did it on purpose. It's like I, I like, was I was looking at them like they they dumbed down the CGI. It feels like <laughs> that's uh, like, models. That's me, pretty cool. To me, that's a much more genuine, cool way oh. to acknowledge the journey and things you loved about past films than it is to have like, oh, 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 oh and then everyone goes, hey, and like. All right, Adam, what's, what's, your, what's your one thing? Uh, my, my thing is just, this is, um, I, I always like seeing, this was a big, anything that has an expanded universe, I'm always interested in someone's unique take on it. Hmm. Um, I thought George Lucas was a little too grippy with it. People will celebrate him and call him a genius with like the circle theory and stuff like that, but really what I thought the movies were were templates. Okay. They're like, okay, we got our intro, we got our wipe, we got this, the story takes place over the course of a week or so. Like, you look at all the movies, there's a lot of similarities. None of them really stand as like a unique different film. They all have um, a very, as they should, you know, it's a franchise, it's fine. But this was the first movie where they said, other than being Ewok Adventures, where 
they're like, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Go nuts, but you have to stay within these confines. Uh, but like, didn't have to shoot it on a green screen. You didn't have to use the Force Awakens soundtrack. Like, you know what I mean? Like they could just tell, they could just make their own movie and they could use their own cinematography and their own actors and it didn't really matter because most of it might not carry over. So that's what I wanted to see. And they did okay with it. Okay. Like, I, I think it was it was unique. It was cool. I just, my, my thing is like, I always, I always like when kids grow up and then they're the ones who are like, man, wouldn't it be cool if, you mm. know, and these are, that's like J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Like, mm. oh man, wouldn't, what, what if we had a lightsaber that looked like a claymore? And they go, yeah, let's make that. What mm -hmm. if we saw the stormtroopers coming down on a battle? What if we humanized them? Wouldn't that be cool? And then someone goes, oh shit, I'm a movie director. I should make that. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping for more of that. But I think as more of these movies come out, we'll see a lot more of that. Okay, Bruce. Oh, yeah. So, so the, also, the first... Just to set this up, Bruce, I think out of all of us... This episode was brought to you. You have spent the most time in around Star Wars. Absolutely. Watched, like read every EU book before it was all thrown in the dumpster, literally and physically. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, and, that's um, right. Metaphorically. <laughs> you left it on a curb. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we threw all those books in the dumpster. They all went straight in the dumpster. Oh, really? So I think oh, out yeah. of all of us, okay. you, are, you are the Star Wars scholar. Yeah, well, so I mean, so the, the, the very first thing that I did, I think that really benefited me that I just started it on a whim, was read the book to get into the movie. Um, which addressed, it's called Catalyst, and oh. which addressed all the pacing issues you guys have. Because you're absolutely right, there are pacing issues the first half hour of the film, uh, introducing all the characters. But thankfully that book established those few characters. In terms of the rest of them, like the pilot, and uh, the guy with the big gun, and the Asian guy. Big gun um, and blind guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Please call by their None of those guys are in the book. They're, mm -hmm. they're not there, so I don't have any, sure. any, mm -hmm. any previous backstory on them. It's just like watching a Harry Potter film and then reading the Harry Potter book. Um, it, that those two things work uh, synergistically, and they make the experience so much better. Um, that said, the more that I think about Rogue One, uh, the more I really enjoy it, and the more I realize how how smart of a movie it actually is. And it was the opposite with Force Awakens. The more I thought about Force Awakens, the more I was like, just a rehash of of A New Hope. A now, really good one. I, I was going to say now <laughs> not, that's not to say it's an amazing film. It is a great film, but in terms of beats, it hits pretty much every beat, uh, and. Rogue One uh, is paced, I think it's paced even better than Force Awakens in terms of action. Um, because the action escalates on higher and higher levels. And like Lauren said, the last 30 minutes of the film are probably some of the best action you'll ever see. Uh, especially in a Star Wars film. I w if, so. if we're doing a one-to-one, -one, just real quick, the opening to Force Awakens, to me, is still gripping. It's awesome. Because yeah. it, it, there's immediately a mystery, and then you see Kylo Ren be a badass. Seeing a laser just being frozen, awesome. Awesome. I was like, "I'm in." Rogue One, I was kind of like, "It takes it takes a little bit." Why are they panning in on the blue milk? Why yeah. is this important? <laughs> yeah. No, and, and that's the thing, and that's that's what I liked about Rogue One right. is that uh, I, I know James and I always talk about the how with Iron Man, it's like introduce Iron Man, cool action scene in the middle, climax at the end. Oh, he flew in space and then dropped him, which is nothing. That's a, that's a nothing climax. Rogue One is exactly the opposite. There's a huge climax to this film, whereas it starts kind of slow, and you're like. Why are they introducing all these characters? Like, what, what does it matter? Uh, I thought Gareth Edwards did his job in trying to make you care. Even if you didn't care, he really tried. He gave you a little bit of time with them and like, you know, like you should try and like these characters rather than throw a whole wall of them and be like, yep, and then, the, spoiler, and they're all dead. You know, like that's sort of one of those things that it's, that's tough. And I thought he did that really, really well. So for me, when I saw, uh, when I saw Rogue One the second time, I'm glad you saw it two times too. Mm -hmm. When I saw it the second time, I liked it more. Um, which I did not think I would. 
I didn't think I'd like the movie. I the second think time. I think, and this is this is uh, not necessarily a positive or a negative, just an observation. Rogue One has almost identical pacing to a Transformers movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Almost identical okay. pacing. There's stuff at the beginning. You're like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Why do I give a shit about any of this? And then and then it go and then just as you're about to go, I don't think I, it starts. And then it just—it's a roller coaster ride yep. for the next forty-five minutes, and and then that—and the roller coaster is the best roller coaster you've ever been on, and then and then at the end you come out and you're like you're like, all right, I'd watch another one of those. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I'd watch one. the good thing. Here's the best thing yeah. about Rogue One. Yeah, it's like two hours and like fifteen minutes or something, right? Yeah, like yeah. It's like it's not two forty-five. No, no, no. Thank which God would be no. horrific. Yeah. <laughs> that would be terrible, right? That would be Batman v Superman kind of like you're you're wasting my time with this movie. Yeah. Um, and the Transformers movies are getting up there too. They're way too long. But in terms of pacing, it's kind of it kind of matches that. And I think it ties back to kind of what you were saying. And Adam, you also, this is a standalone thing. I think they made a conscious decision to make an action movie because they weren't setting up a franchise. I think if they were setting up a franchise, you would have had a lot more of them hmm. hammering the hammering hmm. in the pilot's name, yep. making sure you knew who all the characters were. And I think that's I think that's kind of unfortunate because just because yeah. just because we may not be seeing these characters again <laughs> in something else anytime soon, yeah. like doesn't mean that you you shouldn't want to know their motivations and care about them. That's yeah. that's yeah. pretty lazy writing. But like in Rogue One, the end action is so good. And it's so well done, and it brings you in so much that it's like, like, I okay, I guess I will watch this again, and I'll just watch it again knowing that none of this stuff at the beginning matters nearly as much as how much I'm going to enjoy storming that beach and, like, the action sequence at the end of the movie. I don't know. Well, so for me, like, uh, the Rogue One action scene at the end is basically uh, a good example of an action scene that really brings you into a film, and that's exactly what Saving Private Ryan did with the beginning of that movie. Mm. And that's why Steven Spielberg is a, a master. Yeah. Is because he used, he took the end scene of Rogue One and basically put the beginning of his film and he's like, and we're gonna have a climax. I was gonna say, but he also put it at the end yeah. too. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. So that's why Steven Spielberg is you know, a master of his yeah. craft. Uh, now Gareth, Gareth Edwards is obviously not Spielberg, but. He's a hack, yeah. Uh, but, that, <laughs> but the action at the end of that movie is some of the best Star Wars action I've ever seen, if not the best. Uh, and, it's, and it's like, it's the first time I even get a sense of a, of a good space battle. Jedi mm-hmm. has a great space battle. Yeah. This one might be better. Um, I, I, I think it's really, really good. Yeah. It had really well done cinematography and good shots. And it, it did yeah. a bunch of different, it did different things. Yep. yep. When, they, when like, they're like, oh, let's ram this vehicle into another one. So and then cool. they're introducing different elements. So like, it, look, I mean, it's all stuff like we've kind of seen before, but someone said, they, they did that one thing and said, well, what if? Yeah. What if we did this? And they said, okay, there's one part, spoiler. Um, they're trying to escape um, when they're like, all right, we're done, let's go. And they're trying to hyperspace out. And one of them hits another, like a Star Destroyer comes in mm-hmm. and they hyperspace like into the ship. Yeah, and, and Ship breaks up. And it's, it's Vader's ship and he's like, fuck you. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Holy shit, that's really cool. I, I don't know. Yeah. Bruce, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, what, what is, do you have, do you have a thing that, uh, that it set your little, like little inner Star Wars nerd? Running around with yeah, curiosity. Well, so Force Awakens didn't give that to me, uh, and I always I said this to the diehard of nerds at the end, like basically Blaine when I talked to Blaine about it. Uh, the end of Star Wars uh, when she at the very end of, of Kylo or Force Awakens when Kylo Ren and her are clashing with with sabers, and this, she calls the saber to the end, and then they, they fight, 
Um, when you, that's the, the kind of the pivotal moment where Finn goes down and she has to use the force to bring the lightsaber to her. Sure. All right. Yeah, fine. We, you know, we got it. That's, that's sort of a thing that I was like, all right, well, I kind of, I'm, I'm expecting that. And it happened. Cool. Neat. I thought Rogue One was going to turn into a spy thriller. I thought they were going to be like, we're going to go to Scarif and we're going to infiltrate the base. And I was like, cool. It'll be them running around, shooting a few stormtroopers here and there. And, uh, and then when, when basically they land and the shield goes over them, they're like, well, we're trapped. Uh, and then they cut back to the rebel base. The rebel base says, I guess we're going. And they all, and then the entire fleet jumps in. That's when I was like, holy shit. Like I, I had no idea that. we were going to get mm -hmm. a, a full on space battle in that movie. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was like, maybe just the first time, maybe the first time was the only thing that got me excited. Second time I watched it, huge smile on my face. I, I, was, I, was, yeah, I was looking I got, forward I got to it bumps. more. Oh, so Cause I was cool. expecting, I was expecting like the force awakens level of like, Oh, 12 X-Wings show up. Right, yeah. But no, it was the entire fleet. It was like, oh, shit. Yep. And yep. yeah, the, just the the escalation from that point on is just so, so amazing. Yeah. It, it, made, it made it... Sorry, Adam. It kind of muddled it a little about how it ties into A New Hope immediately after. How so? Because, I, because of their treatment of Vader's pursuit of Leia. Yeah. And and basically the whole, the whole tone of the Empire at the beginning of A New Hope doesn't necessarily match up with the fact that they nearly lost a massive space battle to the Rebel Alliance out, like hours, let's say maybe a day earlier. Like it doesn't match up tonally. And also also the way they treat Darth Vader in the beginning of A New Hope is like, is this antiquity? Like this mm. old guard. Oh, like his for the force is like a superstition and Yeah, like this old guard. But when he was the most pivotal military element of the last battle that the last battle clash between rebels and empires yeah. and basically single-handedly save their asses from that you would imagine there'd be some sort of thing well, there it kind of to me it, it's fine i don't care like it really doesn't bother Vader didn't really well, do that though no yeah so so i mean like i disagree so the the, the whole thing with he was the wipe-up crew he, uh, and, and and he's used as a shock trooper in a new hope and, to and, a degree and Tarkin's also very he's very uh like cocky about how big this death star is and it does, he's like well nothing can beat us and I think that's why Darth Vader is so panicked, honestly, at the beginning of A New Hope, because he knows there's something out there that could bring this whole thing down, and that's why he's so angry. Well, I'm talking so. about how the, the, the generals and admirals within the Empire treat Vader <clears throat> at the beginning of A New Hope. Well, they they treat him as like some sort of like just this dog or whatever. Like, mm. oh, well, it's just someone that Mo Moff Tarkin just calls in, you know, who just he does this weird thing or whatever, except that it's like, I mean, he clearly has military prowess. He clearly was pivotal in this last battle that you guys just fought. It was like well, except, he that, he, except that he failed. He How fa so? So I think, Vader didn't get the plans. I think that's why Vader is so persistent because Rogue One does a good job, and, and Empire does this as well, of showing how the Empire treats its failures. It basically kills them off and casts them out. So I know Vader knows that you know failure is not an option for him. Uh, the it does require you to be pretty uh, forgiving with. The things he says in his tone in A New Hope, yeah, um, because A New Hope pretty clearly written that uh, that ship did not just come out of a battle. Yeah, yeah. But you can also see it from the lens that it did, and it still kind of makes sense. Well, no. Yeah. So hold on, that, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Is that yeah. everybody on that ship has to agree we're going to lie? <clears throat> of course. When mm -hmm. when Vader shows up, we're all going to lie about it. We're going to say this is a diplomatic mission, and if Vader shows up and he's screaming at everybody, which is what he's doing and killing people, uh, then obviously he knows. 
And so for me, they're all sticking to that same lie. So I don't know why they wouldn't what they wouldn't just buckle down and be like, all right, well, yeah, you're right. Here's the plans. Like they're not going to do that. Mm. They're they're gonna they're all gonna stand by their lie and be like, no, 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 no. Every, there's nothing here. Everything's fine. Because I mean, and, and again, Vader doesn't actually know for sure. Yeah. He does, but he doesn't. And that's the way it. it that's the way it seemed to me. I think that, it's, yeah. I think he, it's was, funny. he was. That, that, that he, was actually. Fuck, fuck it, spoiler. Um, <laughs> so sorry, we got the spoilers. That's fine. There's so there's. Uh, a total of about two scenes with Vader. One of them's okay. You yeah. see him. You see him in his castle, which is kind of kind of awesome. Vader's but White Castle. I, I feel like the ending would have been punched up even more mm. if the first time you saw Vader was when he's in the hallway. I agree. Which is yeah. as yeah. close as I think I've ever seen horror. I agree. In a Star Wars yep. movie, where well, so well it's shot. a dark hallway, yep. there's nothing. They're recreating it's basically the shot from A New Hope, and you're like, wait, are we doing A New Hope right now? What's going on? And then it just goes. Yeah. It's a red light in a dark room, and you're like, holy shit, this yeah. is freaky. Yeah. And he goes full Sith Lord, yeah. which we've never seen Vader do in a, that form, at least. Yeah, no, not, yeah, not killing, like just, just, just re- cutting murdering. People people. And just like one hand up, blocking blasts, choking dudes, throwing sabers through people, and like just ripping them apart more. I'm like, I mean, that movie's worth it just for that scene. Um, and then there's a guy like, up against a door, scratching, like, yeah. help, yeah. help, which is like, yeah. the, like it's like so submarine great. panic mm-hmm. when you're yeah. drowning, yeah. and you're like, there's a giant metal door that's supposed to protect me, but right now it's gonna kill me, yeah. and it's just like, here, oh my god, and you see a fucking saber go through him and a door, yeah, that was and you're cool. like, holy shit, like that, that was, that was the moment where someone said, wouldn't it be cool if we saw Vader kick ass, I, uh, um, and that, that to me, it was like the really awesome, cool moment, but then, to James's point, he did all that, and then it's kind of funny, that he does this moment where he goes through a hallway, murders a bunch of people, and then they do the exact same thing later, and he goes, I'm tired. Oh, yeah, no, I know. He stops, yeah. <laughs> Stormtroopers, you do it. Yeah. And then he, but then it's like, okay, yes, this movie was made in 1977. It's not right. 40 years apart. It, it, <laughs> fucking exactly. Yeah. And, and at the time, Vader was a different character and, and all this other so, stuff. So. so for an example, this is another movie that I think is great. That does a similar thing, which is uh, X Men: The First Class. Mm. Oh yeah, I think X Men: The First Class is great and can be watched over and over again. It's super enjoyable. But at the end, they were at the end of the movie. You can see the point where they're like, "All right, now we gotta make the pieces match up with the X Men stuff." Yeah, I know. Yeah. Where they didn't, where it turned sucks because they ended up not having to do it. But then it just has Mystique go, um, "I'm bad for no reason, <laughs> and you got shot somehow, and it's really anticlimactic because we knew we only had three minutes left in this movie and we had to make it match." I hate when they do Rogue that. One has just a little bit of that at the end, where yeah, if yeah. you like, if yeah. you watched New Hope right afterwards, you might be like, "Oh wow, there's a huge tonal shift be- between what happened there and what is happening now." Again, still totally thought it was awesome. I, yeah. thought, thought it was super cool. <laughs> so, I'm more, just something I noticed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm more okay with that as opposed to Episode Three mm. when they end it and they go, "It didn't feel." And right. Yoda goes, "All right, I'm yes. going to Dagobah. Yes. I'm here for thirty na- years yeah. now." And then Vader, they go. Here's your suit. You're gonna yeah. be wearing this for, for 30, thirty years, years now. Yeah. yeah, and we're going to we're going to yes. Tatooine. Here, it's like oh my it god. It was much more s- seamless than that was. Where it's yeah. like now let's catch up with thirty years. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like well even yeah. the point that we're talking about it now. Like I feel like Gareth Edwards really honestly. I mean like I've been reading a lot about the fact that he like went to he went to Skywalker Ranch and was like digging through old footage and trying to include old footage that he could you know like, into Rogue One and stuff like that. It's obvious he watched the beginning of A New Hope probably a hundred times and was like. How am I going to make this fit? You know, yeah. like how am I going to make this tonally fit? And I thought he did the best he possibly could with two movies that were shot forty years apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yep. is, I don't know if that's something that very many many people, if anybody, has ever done. 
Ever yeah. ever tried to match two movies like that mm. and been like, yeah, this ha- this one happens immediately before, but we've we've you know we shot it forty years later. Didn't need to bring back Grand Moff Tarkin though. No, oh, the didn't CG. Need I love Moff Tarkin, but no, it's terrible. We didn't need it. Yeah. Uh, one they, of the things they could have used just a lookalike. Yeah, they could. They just used the They could have used Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ben Mendelsohn's character could have easily been set up. He was he was a very imposing, creepy mm-hmm. kind of like polit- political villain yeah. that I, was like would have been. Perfectly slated to be like, and then he became right. Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh. Do your thing. Well, yeah, um, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, fuck, man, I was I should have been working on a segue. Well, there is one thing that I think Rogue One did exceptionally well, like so well that it's it's uh, it's hard to appreciate in a weird way. But it totally acknowledges that the weakness in the Death Star was intentionally there, mm-hmm. which is never something they talk about yep. in A New Hope. It's like, oh, they were so fucking stupid, they left this hole open, and we yeah, can just yeah. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized, like, no, that was actually super well written. Mm-hmm. The character motivations behind it were super well done. The fact that it got out and into the Rebel Alliance without the without the Empire really knowing mm-hmm. was also really good. Um, and I think I think out of all of the writing successes of linking it to A New Hope, that's probably the best one. Mm-hmm. It's telling the story great. about it's how almost, that happened. It's almost like those nerds that um, Bruce hates who apologize oh, for yeah. uh, the prequels. That's almost, this was almost like a really good version of that. It was or, canon. Or, well, yeah, because where you go, like, like really? There's an exhaust port on the top and no one knew to put like a grate on it? It was like, and then if you go, well, no, the guy who he was an angry employee... <laughs> of the Empire, yeah. and he actually put that there on purpose, and he said, it's small enough, no one will notice. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and it's a fucking one in a million womp rat uh, <laughs> chance or whatever. Like, back in Black Home. <laughs> shoot, <laughs> shooting womp rats up in uh, Black Black, but... Well, you know what? You know what Rogue One was missing? Rampant sexual depravity. There it is. Which is something you can find on Crunchyroll.com. Yep. And, uh, and dine to your heart's content uh, for, for free for an entire month, for 30 days. Um, and mostly I'm saying that about two particular shows, and these are these are just my favorites right now, Yuri on Ice and Keijo. Um, because I brought this up on another podcast. Is the ice skating one? Yeah. It's, uh, looks man, really cool. it's both kinds of anime sex trash, all in one, and they're both really good. Mm. Uh, you say on, that with a positive I, 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 cadence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yuri on Ice uh, is beautiful. It's about men enjoying each other and expressing themselves through the art of dance mm. and really, really deep hip lines. Oh. Yeah, there's a maybe once an episode. There's just oh, we just happen to be talking in a public bath. How weird! How weird! And now I got to stand up for oh, weird. Mm-hmm. But then, Please then the smoldering mind. emotions come out because they hug for no reason. And there's always that shot of the trainer who's got like really pouty, shiny lips. He's always just like touching. It's so great. Is this an ad read? I was gonna say, when did know. it? Huh? No, they didn't it's my dream journal. One. <laughs> but Keijo, Keijo involves a girl judo throwing somebody else with her nipples. So it's pretty much the best what show Keijo ever. Clip. Uh, KJ. I don't know. We, we're, we're really in this right now. We're in it? deep. No. It's awesome. It's we showed so you the trailer, amazing. though, right? We showed you the trailer? Oh, yes, yeah. 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 It's, it, it's awesome. Uh, and then what was the... Drifters. Drifters, yeah. That, Drifters, awesome. It sounds like the perfect show ever it's made. It's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with historical badasses. You might actually really like it. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It, it starts off with like, a, here, do the, yeah, yeah. do the ad read and I'll so tell you there's, about there's it. So there's, awesome there's plenty of great content on Crunchyroll. Uh, you can watch all episodes ad-free in 1080p HD. Uh, simulcast in Japan, so you get your episodes as fast as they show up on Japanese TV. So, you know, fuck off with all your excuses torrenting all that crap. Um, you can play it, or you can enjoy it across a multitude of devices: Xbox, PlayStation, Wii U for some reason, Roku, Android, iOS, Roku, Apple TV, etc. Uh, so you can try Crunchyroll Premium for 30 days. That's one month. I don't know why they say it both ways. For free, by going to Crunchyroll.com/dudesoup 
should give it a shot. It's, uh, fuck, man. It's, uh, for the equivalent price of Netflix, you can get all of the, uh, all of the delicious anime trash that they don't have. Like, hey, Joe. Um, and uh, if you find the the wealth of things to watch there a little overwhelming, uh-huh. uh, the best way you can sort through it is by watching fan service. Oh, uh, <laughs> starring one Elise Willems. Uh, yeah, we, because the only reason we found out about Drifters is because while well, we were filming Eleven oh, Little right. Roosters last week, Elise was doing fan service yeah. and always open. Yeah. But she came back from fan service with uh, tons of knowledge about shows we hadn't heard of yet, and Drifters is what she she was like. We got to try Drifters. We, we watched put it on immediately. One episode while we we're like we had like a, a slow day. I think it was like our Saturday. It was sa- the one day we had off. We had one day <laughs> off, which was fine, worth it. And then we we watched it and like Bruce, holy shit, yeah, like. It, is, it, it yeah. starts off with a like it, a Japanese battle, samurai battle, Ooh. samurai battle. So you're already like, okay, I get it, historic battle, cool. But everyone kind of looks like Attack on Titan a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's just this badass fight. And then spoiler, uh, the main character of this thing dies oh. in like a gruesome way, and he wakes up and he's in a hallway with hundreds of doors and a guy at a desk like an old computer, and he's like, oh, you're going to this time period now, and you're like. Okay, I'm in. Cool, all right. This is awesome. So it's like Quantum right. Leap? Apparently Jesus is a character. Cool. Whoa. He goes by Jesus. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that oh, so cool. and, and also speaking of Elise, uh, she is not on this podcast because she is sick. Yeah. yeah. And she's been coughing up a shitload and also yeah. making her talk for an hour straight. It's probably not Ironic, she had the least amount of work while we were in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she had a lot of time to just get sick. We yeah, just... I, fuck man, I, uh, I had the time of my life. So yeah, we were gone last week. That's why the, the podcast went back to, back to classics. But uh, man, it, it is just a delight. Getting to work with the Austin RT folk, and uh, yeah, we filmed Eleven Little Roosters. The pictures came out of that. Um, man, I have not stank that bad. In by a the long time, time. by the time this stolen. podcast is available, the first yeah, you're right. The, the first, first concert, should be up, right? concert should be up. Is, oh. is available. So uh, yeah, there was there's a lot. Of, we're still live. We're right pioneers now. of a new medium. We are. There was. <laughs> well, uh, there were a lot of long days of a lot of dancing, a lot of thrusting. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm not going to say I got the worst of it because you had a leather jacket. But uh, I was wearing a fur coat. Yeah. And we were inside like this really hot, balmy nightclub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're heroes. This is this is all the brainchild of uh, Josh and Blaine. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and wonderful. I got to say, I was quite surprised when we showed up for our costume fitting to discover that None of my stuff was skin tight at all. It was, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I, I thought that was actually kind of funny. I think that was a Blaine thing. I, think he, he, I think he wanted to you be. Feel threatened? Yeah, yeah, I think I didn't. I think he didn't want me to be in skin tight stuff. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> but we. It was funny because so I'm terrible about this. They sent us all the scripts beforehand. Like here you go, and I was like totally gonna get to it. Not until the night before we shot that I was like, oh, you're running. We all, we all sat down like. Let's go through the scripts. Well, I read it on I, the plane. Yeah, the way out there. Oh, oh, I, had, I had basically looked through all of them. I read, yeah, I read. Oh, we certainly hadn't memorized our lines oh, or no. anything. Yeah, like that. I was. No, no, no. I was very behind. But the first couple of days, we we're shooting these um, concert things, which a lot of like, um, a lot of fans came out for to be in the crowd shots. But man, doing three sixty shoots is way different than mm-hmm. it's a stage play. Yeah, I mean, we were basically yeah. putting on a show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a stage play. It was kind of cool that the night before, I believe. Either it was either Blaine or Josh, they switched off, but they like wrote songs for us. Oh, yeah. And then we performed them, and then we had to go to the office and then record our version of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is I'm very intense. Very yeah. curious to know what those will end up sounding like. Yeah. Um, but but uh, man, yeah, we were we were crazy busy doing that stuff. Those were like 12 hour days just kind of shooting and like getting all the stuff done. I can't wait to see when it, what yeah, it looks yeah. like. It was a lot of fun, though. It, it was a, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. And yeah, it, 
again, level of stink. I haven't smelt out of myself in a very long time. So, um, <laughs> going back to this. I'm going to focus on the stink. Uh, I know, he really does. It's also my first time wearing a dancer's belt. Bruce and I had the extreme pleasure of packing our nuts into our own bodies and then yanking a, thong. a piece of floss up into our assholes. It's an actual thong. Yeah, I started off with a medium because I was like, oh, I want stuff flopping around. I want it all tight. And no, you yes, don't. tight it was. I've never had a sore ass crack before. Yeah. But uh, that was new. I had, um, I, I had one as well. Yep. Every time what? I pulled it out, it ripped hair out. <laughs> every See, time. Every man, single time. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm not hairy, but I did definitely make a pucker face every time I had to dislodge that thing. Because <laughs> it, it started to basically bind with my skin after a while. And then, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> so... We lucked out. I know, you really did. I was wearing these stretchy red pants, which are awesome, but by the end of the first day, I had already done so many deep, deep thrusts into those things <laughs> that they were, they were thoroughly soiled. And uh, well, I was told soiled. I mean, he didn't shit in his pants. No, it sounds no. like just with his own body. Yeah. It was My own a, disgust. Uh, his own. Um, they, I, I was told that they couldn't launder them because it would it would ruin the shininess. Right. So they would spray it down with this disinfectant spray. It just looked like you had claw marks on your. Eventually, pants. yes. <laughs> they ended up having to buy another pair. Two more pairs. Uh, you ruined them. I don't know what happened, That's but yeah, IMDb by the trivia. third day, there was discoloration Great. patterns on it, and it was um, right on my dick, so it looked like. <laughs> It looked like that burning hand from Shadow of Mordor. But yeah. Did that on my yeah. Uh, uh, also, well, I don't, I don't want to get too diva here, but yeah. I think I'm allowed to now that I'm a Hollywood actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah famous absolutely. Hollywood, um, Hollywood my, yeah. My, yeah, we're in Austin. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing. So being, being on movie sets uh, can suck balls. It's actually a big reason why like, I, I didn't want to go into that kind of production. I wanted to be more on the internet stuff because I like the way we produce stuff. Because mm. uh, a, a lot of times when you're on sets, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah. And it's a lot of like, what do I do? And it's just a lot of busy work and moving around, especially when you're like a PA or something like that. This is the first time being on the other side of it where we were pretty much the talent and we didn't have to do anything other than perform. And they're like, go out there and just say your lines and into your stay thing. Stay out of the way and let other people um, do their jobs. But in, the, in that sense too, it was professional where it was like, oh, there's, there's craft services, which is always really cool. Free food whenever you want it. Really cool. Um, it was just so funny. Well, the, the best part was Bruce had tight leather pants. You had a tight red pants and I had tight pants and a, a, a mesh shirt, and every day it was, who wants bean burritos? <laughs> who wants refried beans there were with a lot of burritos it was, on set. It was everything that could possibly make you bloat, and we ate it, and it was just, but it we was- We liked it. I know. Yeah. I loved it. It was great, but it was- Taco Cabana breakfast tacos. Man. I've, I've never <laughs> I been- I taste them every morning. I've never been that- <laughs> on the air. I've never been that gassy. <laughs> I felt so bad. Lawrence and I, on one of the days, had a fart corner. No, which was a terrible idea. It, it was, was the worst idea. It wasn't a fart corner, because it came out into the whole set. I know, yeah. it was sealed off. It was the worst place yeah. to do it. It would just go there just and then milk. come right back out. Yeah. Like, James knows, do you know how much I wanted to fart on that set and I didn't? Yeah. I was holding yeah. it in almost well, the entire day. Uh, we kept day. saying that if Bruce farted, it would sound like when you take a blade of grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, yeah, because I had a thong on. Well, yeah. uh, Bruce, actually, so having having <laughs> farted extensively with that thing up my ass, uh, it actually makes it really quiet. It acts like it's, a spacer. Yeah, it did. So it your, cheeks don't, your cheeks don't pop. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah, because I would feel it, because I'd be like, oh, this one's going to be loud, and I'd fart it and go, it doesn't, like, it. it doesn't do that for leather pants. Um, I, there was, no, yours got trapped. My, yeah, they it, come and, out your, you gotta shake them out your yeah. ankles like sand. <laughs> well, even, and then one of the days they gave us knee pads that went on under our tight clothes. Oh. And I think oh, only yeah. Bruce and I put them on. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I remember us being like, ah, get up. <laughs> we just try to pull it up. And then you put on, and then you put it on even tighter. So it was just an airtight pocket. Uh, <laughs> Walking then, around in a, a bubble suit. Well, <laughs> one, one of the days, one of the days we, shot out, a, we, oh. we shot out a house. 
and Lawrence has this picture of me sitting alone on like a, <laughs> a bench chair and it, he just took a picture of me from behind and like texted it to me while I was out there. It was because I was farting so much. Oh. I was like, I can't be inside the house because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> and so I was just sitting there going like, burp, burp. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're movie stars. Uh, oh, and then I, I think I may have told you this is what happened. Of Tom Cruise. Um, the part of my <laughs> outfit was a, a belt, but oh, it, yeah, it was like belt. it was like an S and M belt, um, and had the, it was a it death trap. Like, it oh, looked yeah. like a, it looked like a Cadillac's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. symbol on it yeah. or whatever. Um, had a nice but, buckle. And it, it it was like a it was click, a, click, click, it was click, a click 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 click, and then there was like a secret button on the bottom, but you had to move it in such a way that it get it off. But the only way to take it off was you had to make the belt slightly tighter one yeah, inch at a time and so i really had to go to the bathroom like a mad number two <laughs> and we were shooting at that armory where it's just like it's all it's like an old yeah. prison or something like it's very scary but i went to the bathroom and i was just trying to get the belt off but it just kept getting tighter and tighter like and Chinese tighter. Finger trap. yeah and i was just pulling myself tighter and i i just i didn't get in time to go and then the, one of the the eight i think the ad came out and goes very nicely Hey Adam, we need you on set whenever you can get out there. And I'm like, I'm right there. <laughs> I'm on set. I'm like, Lawrence, help! This belt yeah. is killing me. I thought that it was a button on the inside. It's a button. It, they it's thought like it lever. was too. Uh -huh. There was like a lever, and they ended up cutting the belt in half because that broke it. Oh. I think it was a piece of shit. Oh. Look cool. Uh, I don't blame anyone other than the belt manufacturer for this horrible thing, but that was, um, man, I was happy to get that thing off of me. <laughs> Well, on long lines of performance, I've got a do soup theater for you guys. Oh, okay. so was, all right. Yes, this there is... was a particular video that captured my captured my uh, fancy. The impresario. Impresario, as we Google it. Uh, so this is uh, to set the stage. This is a video on Twitter. The video is somebody recording their phone because they went to Thailand and looked at the local stories on Snapchat, mm -hmm. and this is a transcript of the Snapchat story that they found. Okay. Uh, uh, the the and it's it's several it's several Snapchat videos all in a line. So I'll try to narrate it as best I can. But it I, guess, I guess for those unaware, Snapchat is a fleeting mm. uh, service in the sense that they're you, aware. You you watch and then it goes away or whatever. And that's why it, there's a it's weird when you explain the story because it's someone filming their phone. Yes. Right. Because so, they found the stories on Snapchat. Right. Yeah. Okay, so um, it opens with uh, a shirtless man, uh, pretty good shape, British, by the judge, judge of his accent, which is kind of an issue because some of it is unintelligible, his accent is stupid. But he is, he is uh, standing next to a very attractive woman, mm. um, and it opens, my boy, she says, hi, pretty oddly deep voice for a woman. What you mean? Her, her, putting me off. On to the next video. Call the cops, muffin chops. I got fucking Jeffrey with me here now. He's probably got a bigger dick than me. And then in the background you see Jeffrey walking around with a towel. Yeah. Hello. Third video, uh, our narrator is now getting receiving head, receiving fellatio from this, this person. <laughs> our Jeffrey can suck a dick. Wow, what a fucking boy. What a boy. So should we clarify that Jeffrey is a Thai lady boy? Oh, yeah. At this point Jeffrey's it starts to become clear boy. that yeah. Jeffrey is, is a Thai, fact, lady, a Thai boy. lady boy. Well, our, our narrator... I believe in the next part makes it very clear. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so in the next video, our, our narrator is lying on the bed, and Jeffrey is across the room again in a towel. Jeffrey, Jeff, Jeffrey. She's not saying anything. Get your fucking dick out then. Uh, next video. What are you doing now? Yeah, what are you doing? Put your fucking ciggy out. She's smoking. Stroke me dick. Yeah, I'm not sucking yours. Uh, next video. He's watched these so many times. I know. Yeah. I know. Is this the fittest lad you've ever seen in your life? What the hell? Get your fucking dick out. 
Um, this is all my reader. What's the context of the scene? Um, in that one, he's just talking to his phone. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in this one, they're in bed, uh, and you see their torsos because he's, you know, he's filming like that. But the implication is that she is jerking him off. Yeah, stroke me dick. Just in case that wasn't clear. All right. Now, now the uh, much like the end of Rogue One, the story starts to ah, take off. Ah, yes, this is the climax. Okay. So uh, well, confusing, somewhat jarring will in the be beginning, but there's a payoff. It pays off. So now, now Jeffrey, as we are led to believe, is bent over and getting fucked doggy style. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's fucking, but filming at the same. Our time. Our narrator is doing that. Yeah, our, our hero. Our hero. Uh, protagonist. Our protagonist is fucking. Uh, and here's what is it? This is a hero. Hey, journey. Dave. Is he saying Dave? He fucking did, little man. Uh, now Jeffrey is on her back, or Dave, I don't know. Um, so, Jeffrey's now on her back, and using both her hands to cover up her own dick, for some reason. Oh, okay. Get your fucking dick out. Get your dick out. While he's saying this, he's pulling away <laughs> her hands, and she keeps covering her dick. And, and do you have make a note for the noise Jeffrey is making? Uh, that, Jeff- yeah. Jeffrey... Is a very deep moaner. Jeffrey is making uh, the, the sounds of pleasure... During this sequence, only oh. yeah, yeah, Jeffrey, <laughs> who for all intents and purposes, from the waist up, looks like a very attractive, attractive, woman. Very gorgeous, attractive. yes, like gorgeous breasts Beautiful. and everything, <laughs> like just like all this, and then and then oh 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 oh, oh. <laughs> like the deepest like, <laughs> something so, uh, romantic about that. So yes, he's he's frantically pulling away her hands to see the dick, his dick. The dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She keeps covering back up. Get your fucking dick out, get your dick out, get your dick out. And then, oh no! He's in the back. Get your dick oh. out. Uh, well, he's come, he's come. Dave's fucking blowing his load. Dave, you fucking little man boy. And then... Yeah. Well, is it Dave or Jeffrey? Apparently Dave. But while he, while he was fucking Dave, Dave came on herself. Because that's what happens. Oh, right, I've, yeah. I've been told. If you have the prostate right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then, what? And then our, our narrator is, uh, is standing and appears to be... Pretty fucked up at this point. I don't know if it's on weed or alcohol. What a waste of time. He was in an unintelligible British slang. Uh, he was no good to me. I feel fucking ill. I'm not sure what that exactly means. And then uh, he's yelling at his phone again. What the fuck are you going on about? Basically, yeah, he's fitter than most of you fucking ugly little trolls. Maybe he was responding to somebody who was like, how Probably, dare you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. someone's talking to Snapchat. Okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, okay, in this being video. Judged. Is this the, the moral... The moral no, that's the next one. Okay. Uh, well, this one's just sucking my soul. This <laughs> Jeffrey. This one. Je- Jeffrey is now sitting on the edge of the bed, and narrator is standing. Um, and I'll just narrate as it goes. Cock off now. Get your dick out. Get your dick out now. Mine's smaller than yours, probably. He says. And then the camera pins down, and he's wagging his dick at her. At, at Dave. Uh, come on, get your fucking dick out. I'm not ashamed. Um, and then the piece de resistance. Uh-huh. Yeah. At the end, he's saying into his phone. Going to Thailand and not shagging a ladyboy is like going to fucking Turkey and not eating a fucking kebab, so fuck off. Uh, this nice. is called My Story, Snapchat. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, Benson. Beautiful story. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it took a couple of viewings for me to really comprehend it all, and I'm still not sure that I did. Yeah, he kept showing it to us. It was weird. Yeah, it was great. Well, uh, he, just, he just wants the Thai ladyboy to get his dick out. He does. That's it. Yeah, well, he wanted to see her dick. He was really preoccupied with, with... I don't know, slapping dicks together. Yeah, hey, Which, hey, more power to him, I don't care. I, I mean, I, I respect this man. <clears throat> I feel like, he lives so free. Well, that's what I, I, I actually, uh, I was very envious of that. Because I, th- I feel like that's going to be our future eventually, since yeah. we film everything. Everything's going to have And pretty soon that, that choice will one day just be taken away from us. So I think this guy is sort of, 
he's sort of the star child from yeah. the end of 2001 Space Odyssey. He is uh, the breed of a new kind. Exactly. This is, I mean, get used to it, people. He's the future. Also, the future. he's ripped, so that means yeah, he, he can have anyone. Ripped. He's shredded. Well, and he's he chose ripped. Dave slash also, Jeffrey. I mean, <laughs> some, yeah, some, really people, some people like females, some like blokes. Some like both. Some if like you both. can have both at the same both time, the same. Yeah. what a future we live Why in. Why not? That's all traps, man. The if, internet loves them. If, if half of that could be a horse, we'd be set. <laughs> um, speaking of things you have to get used to, uh, we're moving on to some core-ass nerd shit, which is, I guess, the name of this particular segment. Uh, official specs for the Nintendo Switch. Oh shit! It's um, it's bad. It's really bad. It's real bad. Oh, uh -oh. what it is? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, so there's two modes that the uh -oh. Switch will run in. Uh -oh. yeah, he's got a little. He's got a little thing there. I don't, Benson. You're just falling apart, buddy. Uh, so it's docked and undocked. Essentially, it's got the same CPU no matter what, but the GPU will clock up or down based on whether or not it's docked. It's mm. like uh, what is it? The Surface Book. Yeah. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. That. Um. So. The uh, it's got a I think it's got a four uh, four core processor. The CPU is 1.02 gigahertz all the time, which is terrifically slow, by the way. <laughs> uh, for comparison, a PS4 has dual four core processors, each of which at 1.6 gigahertz. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's got twice the cores, and all of them are clocked about 50% higher. Uh, the GPU hurts even more. Uh, when it's docked, it runs at 768 millihertz. Millihertz, by the way. And then when it's undocked, it's at 307, or sorry, megahertz. Millihertz would be impossible <laughs> to run anything on. Yeah. Um, by comparison, a PS4 has an 800 megahertz GPU. So when docked, the GPU is almost, just based purely on clock speed, almost as good as a PS4's. But when it's pulled off the dock, it's about half. PS4 came out... 2013. Three years ago? Yeah. Four years ago. So saving grace is, yep. it's probably only 720p display when you pull it off uh, of the dock. Um, when you put it on the dock, that's that's good enough to do 1080p. Um, but yeah, if you if if you were expecting the Nintendo Switch to be the next powerhouse console, those dreams die now. It never is. But it, it's never yeah. it never is. Yeah. But at the same time, I was I was thinking, you know, in the midst of of turning on my TV and turning on my sound bar and making sure that UHD color was working right, and then booting up my PS4, which yelled at me for not turning it off right the time before, and then spending 10 minutes to get into Final Fantasy and then have it load, I realized. Actually, I really wouldn't mind playing Zelda on a tablet right now. If it just turned right on and I could just have something on a TV and just be like, bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Also, the fact we were gone for a week and you know we brought, <laughs> we brought an Xbox and a PS4 that I think we hooked Two up Xboxes. the Saturday before we left. Yeah. Two Xboxes. Oh. So if, like... I mean, we were, we were playing Marvel Puzzle Quest back to back. That's exactly what the Switch theoretically would have been for. Well, that, so that, that's, I always see people get upset about this stuff. I... Uh, you have to kind of get yourself in check and remember why you buy Nintendo hardware. Yeah, it's for exclusive Nintendo games. Typically, that's that's what I've learned. Where I bought a Wii U, not expecting to play Skyrim on it or whatever. Yeah. You know, any multi-console release game. I was like, that's going to be on a console or a PC, man. Like if that's that's the experience you're looking for, I don't look to Nintendo for groundbreaking tech, but in look at them for optimization because mm -hmm. those. Zelda's going to... Art direction. Yeah, their, yeah. their games are going to run great on their own hardware. Mm -hmm. I just want them to release more of those games. That's my only thing. Mm -hmm. Like more mainline... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they So it's weird. They haven't, haven't. They've been releasing a lot of them for 3DS, which is weird given that that console's been out forever. Mm -hmm. but yeah, they. Uh, I think they're they are learning how to do AAA 1080p production. I remember that was, that was a huge deal for Wii U. 
there was some interview two years in the Wii U. They were like, yeah, we didn't have any idea how hard it was and how long it took to make 1080p caliber games. So maybe they've staffed up and they know now so they can hit the ground running. I think mm. it's it's been read, read between the lines kind of thing, but Nintendo Japan and Nintendo America seem to have pinpointed that they do need a steady, constant flow of software from Nintendo proper because no other company is going to probably be making a whole lot of stuff for it. Ideally, Nintendo, the reason they keep the specs so low is because they're trying to keep costs down Battery and life. therefore pass the costs on to the consumer. So mm -hmm. hopefully, the Switch will be cheap. If the Switch comes mm -hmm. out at like... This is very aggressive, but I think 150 would be okay. What? Gimme. I'm, I'm just saying. No way. They could turn money on 150, given that, I mean, it's a, it's a, what is it, a Tegra X. So it's essentially, hmm. well, I mean, the NVIDIA Shields were, NVIDIA Shield. were, were apt comparisons. Mm -hmm. And this is like a Shield from two years ago. So Jeez. they could probably pull off 150. And, and Nintendo, I'm sure, has, has deep ties with Chinese chip manufacturers and stuff. So they can probably negotiate a pretty good deal in that regard. I think. I think it could be 150-200. And when you look at that as like, okay, this is a this is a plain thing. This is a, you know, my girlfriend wants to watch Netflix, so I'm going to do this <coughs> while I'm half listening to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Yeah. I, I know we did a whole bit on Star Wars and kind of just went into the... It, it is... South Park's so fucking smart, but they did the whole member berries thing. Yeah. Nintendo is like member berries in the best yeah. possible way. And it'll have virtual consoles. Um, and they've been, well, so that's that's actually the thing that kind of excites me. You've been able to do emulators yeah. and all this stuff on your phone and PSPs and Vitas and stuff for years. I kind of want something like, if Nintendo put out something that was 10 bucks a month, it was their version of Xbox oh. Live, and that just, that was their Netflix, mm -hmm. and you had access to their entire back catalog of yeah. Nintendo games that they've had, and it's on a mobile device that's, you know, basically a tablet, like... Hell yeah, that'd be that'd be great. They don't do an all you can eat thing though, do they? No, no. It's, yeah. it's uh it's piecemeal. It's it's interesting because again, I, I've I've never seen any numbers about them because Nintendo never put it out, but once they start a virtual console on the Wii, that brought in so much revenue that it was basically its own business unit. Uh, and I don't know if that's slowed down because you know, Wii Wii unit sales were so huge. And I'm sure people were just desperate for something to use it for, so of course, everybody's going to buy Super Mario Brothers or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the premise that a, a tablet gaming system with buttons and, and sticks that can run GameCube and 64 Super Nintendo games and new stuff, and then hopefully Wii U titles at some point too, because Wii is on Wii U now, that's got a lot of potential, especially if it's what? cheap. And the Mario, Mario Run sold 2.85 million digital units in its first day, yeah. and Pokemon Go was the biggest game of this year. Yeah. Like... They're probably looking at that and going, shit, if we just make Pokemon Go exclusive, yeah. the next version of it, exclusive to Switch, done. Yeah. They win. <laughs> but speaking of uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, everyone, including ourselves, will get our first chance to actually play it at RTX Sydney, yeah. which is a pretty fucking cool get. They announced that, um, I think, middle of last week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's going to be there. Nintendo of Australia is going to bring it by and you'll be able to get your hands on it and play it. I'm pretty sure, See, I would guess Zelda is the game. I think I think what they should do is they should probably like send us some and then that way we'll have something to do on the flight That'd over. That'd be plane a ride pretty good really opinion for the plane on it, right? Yeah. For the plane ride. The plane ride is Please. the perfect test. It's even in the trailer. So we're gonna spend know, 20... send us some of those. We'll, yeah. you know, we'll just bring them right back to you. We're going to spend 28 hours on a plane. We need we need those switches. Yep, that sounds them. good. I think that's the only fair thing to do. Yeah. So if, uh, if you're in the area... If you were maybe on the fence about going and hopefully trying the Nintendo Switch will tip you over, make sure to get tickets at rtxsydney.com. 
Uh, man, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can pull strings and like jump a line. Or, oh, I'm guessing um, that we'll hopefully be able to. Boy, I hope. We're probably gonna I, have to play Achievement Hunter in like Splatoon. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we could beat Splatoon, that. right? I don't remember playing. Never played Splatoon. I love hanging out with those guys. Um, can we? We can't talk about the thing we have T-shirts for, but is an animated thing. No. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to know. I don't know. We don't. We don't have anything to tell. Oh man, I wish we did. <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, at, at this point, I think people understand what you're talking about, but it's yeah. like, but there's no, there's no information yet. No, there's so. not. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't make any promises. I would hope by the time RTX and me comes around, we could have something more to talk about then. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I'm not, no promises. I hope so too. I'm trying to just entice you to go. To it. Also, there's gonna be air conditioning this time, so that's gonna be. Yay. Fun. <laughs> that's enough right there. Yeah, Sydney's fucking hot. Yeah, uh, in February. Man, that so on January. I had a migraine the night I saw Rogue One. The last time I had a migraine was in Sydney. Oh yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, at that. this point, my life is is the milestones are being driven into the ground when I get splitting, mind-numbing pain. Yeah. yeah, I don't like to compare you to Martin Luther King, but I will. I am a hero. <laughs> it's true. You're welcome, everyone. See this? Yeah. You're consuming it with your eyes. Lawrence has been doing this a lot. I know. Today. <clears throat> I. It's it's my. I know. I know, I know. Gavin does this bit where like explain to a caveman, but just even explain to someone. Who died a hundred years ago? I mean, like Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just saying the majesty of me. You don't understand. I was in Australia. What's Australia? Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. It's a country island. You haven't discovered it yet. Yeah. That prison yeah. colony. I flew there for fun. People came there to see me, and I had a headache. And he's like, okay. It was. A really I lost bad my headache. first three children to cholera, it was but a really bad headache. that's cool. They wouldn't let let yeah. me jump the line to play the yeah. new Nintendo console. <laughs> and then <laughs> what is that? Shut up. And, yeah. then the, and then the second time, I got one of these earth-shattering headaches. Uh, I went and saw a film about space wizards, and I used these magic glasses. They went. What's a film? <laughs> what, what, are, what are glasses? What are glasses? And they would take what we perceive as two dimension and make it into three dimensions. And then at this point, this guy hangs himself. Yeah. <laughs> he, tries, he tries to attack me with a rock because he just. Well, we're he talking to someone a hundred years ago, so we're talking to someone in nineteen sixteen. Yeah. So he's probably lost half of his face. He's fighting in World, World War One. Mm. Yeah. He's, yeah. I had a bad headache. So every time he breathes, a little bit of mustard gas still hits his Again, lungs. Again, I had a bad headache. So <laughs> fuck that guy. But I guess that's gonna do it for today's. Dude soup, uh, we're out of time. Such a high note. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching live, make sure to stay tuned for the post show. It's coming up next. You can look at some fan art. There's a lot of good stuff this week. Uh, <laughs> if you're not watching live, thank you for joining us, however you chose to, whether that's listening in audio or watching on video. Uh, and make sure you come back next week. Um, actually, we're going to be on vacation starting next week. So yes, we are. Uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be back in back in the OG set, which yeah. is to say that group of chairs in front of a webcam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so look forward to that. It'll be a nice little. We'll probably be talking about Rogue One again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Because nothing else will have come out. No, we should talk about the uh, what's coming up in 2017 in terms oh, yeah. of games and movies. And stuff. Absolutely. I'm, talk about what we're excited about. Suicide Squad Two. Like Suicide Squad Two. Squad. It's called Suicide Squad. And Suicide Squad. And Gotham City Sirens. Don't forget about Gotham City Sirens, everybody. Is that a show? Yeah, it's another David Ayer movie that he might make about uh, the no. female yeah. characters no. from the Gotham Poison City. Poison Ivy. Oh, David Ayer Queen didn't work. Whatever. Uh, all right. Post show's coming up. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Stay tuned or have a good no. day, depending on when it is no. you're watching this. <laughs>